Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us. I'm Dave Giancola from the USGA, joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Mike Trosel. Mike, how are you? Doing great, Dave. How about you? Doing well, and Mike and I, we have a treat today. We are so excited to be joined by the defending U.S. Amateur Champion, Andy Ogletree. Andy took home the Havemeyer Trophy down at Pinehurst last year and then went on to play on the victorious USA Walker Cup team, so quite a summer in 2019. He'll be playing in both the U.S. Open at Wingfoot in September and the Masters Tournament this year as the defending U.S. Am champ, but first, he'll try to defend that title at the 120th playing of the United States Amateur championship which is being held at bandon dunes golf resort starting on august 10th andy that's quite a schedule coming up and quite a year you've had so thank you for joining us and how are you great guys thanks for having me andy it has been you know it's certainly a very interesting year to say the least but you have been the reigning u.s amateur champion now for almost a year you know what has that been like what are some of the perks that have come with being the u.s amateur champion what kind of doors has that opened for you yeah, it's open to time. Um, first and foremost, I got to be on the uh, victorious Walker Cup team at Hoy Lake. So um, I was on the outside looking in, going to the USAM to be on that team and um, ended up getting a spot on the team. And uh, that was just a really cool experience. Also, to win over there is like, I mean, we came from behind on Sunday, which was, I mean, it was just a perfect script and um, couldn't have happened any better. So that was the first thing that the, the USAM gave me. Um, obviously, starts on the PGA Tour. Um, it's tar- hard to come by these days, especially during the times that we're in right now. But um, I was able to play in Colonial and Hilton Head and Memorial because of the USAM. And, um, and then I get to play the US Open and the Masters. So uh would have been nice to play the british but unfortunately that wasn't a possibility this year yeah it's been quite a year uh for everybody and especially you with all the calendar changes but a lot of perks did come with that u.s amateur championship uh when you hoisted the havemeyer trophy and i wanted to dive back uh take a trip back in time to pinehurst feels like it was just yesterday the first time the championship match had actually been held on two different courses pinehurst number two and pinehurst number four but just from a uh kind of big picture perspective what is it like mentally and physically the kind of the grueling uh week that you have to persevere through at the u.s amateur you know stroke play and then all those matches where you might have a lead you might give up a lead how do you stay even keel both mentally and physically throughout that whole week yeah i mean it's definitely a long week it's uh i mean first and foremost you got to get through stroke play so the field goes from one of the largest fields in golf to 64 players in two rounds. So there's not a lot of room for any big numbers. So you have to be really careful, especially around a place like Ponder's number two. Um, luckily I played number two first. So I was able to go out, I posted a good number on number two, and then I could play really safe on number four, which was nice. But if you had to be aggressive on number two, I think there was a lot of really good players that didn't even make match play because they had a big number or just, you know, had had one or two really bad shots on number two, and then that cost you two or three strokes. So um, I think uh, getting through stroke play has always been the hardest part for me. And then during match play, you know, anything can happen. You can have anyone get hot. Like, for instance, 
My first 18 holes in the championship match, John Augustine shot 65 on course number four, which was the course record at the time. So when someone does something like that, there's just not much you can do. Um, and all the matches until you get to the final are only 18 holes. So you kind of just have to have that outlook going in that, you know, it's going to take a little bit of luck to win this tournament. Um, obviously, you have to play well, but um, you can't really control what someone else does. So if someone goes out and makes a ton of birdies, you just shake their hand and move on. But um, I was able to dodge all those bullets and get it done. Yeah, winning the U.S. Amateur certainly a grind. Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, among others, have said it's one of the toughest to win because you have those big fields, 312 players. And, of course, you made it down to the final with John Augustine. And, you know, as you mentioned, Dan, he got off to a hot start. He was four up through five holes, but you kept chipping away at that lead on, on Pinehurst number four. Was there a, a turning point at any point in that match where, where you think a, a key shot either – you know, late in the morning or early in the afternoon that they kind of swung that and, and got you back in the match? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say for the morning match, um, I had a lag putt on, gosh, dog leg left right after the par three. I guess it's hole 12. Um, I had a lag putt over the hill. I was on the left edge of the green. And it's, I mean, it's almost an impossible putt to get close and out barely got it over the ridge and it trickled down to like two inches. So I won that hole. And uh, at that point I was four down going to that hole and I ended up winning the next hole as well. So that got me the two down. I ended up making the turn at two down and I thought, you know, two to three down, it's was not bad considering I was four down through five. So it gave me a lot of momentum going forward. Um, and then in the afternoon match, uh, I think the biggest shot was the wedge shot I hit on 13 um, I thought that was really cool shot. I, I think back to it a lot, and uh, it's a shot that I'll never forget for sure. Yeah, that was a spectacular shot. An interesting strategy there, too. You were hitting first, hit iron off that tee, and John decided to play a little more aggress aggressively and hit driver, and that uh, you ended up winning that hole, certainly a key point in the match. But, you know, for, for me being out there, you know, following you out there, the 34th hole was was a really big one, too. You're only one up at the time in that greenside bunker. Yeah. You know, take us through that sequence of two really, really important shots to the result of that match. Yeah, so um, one up going into the 34th hole, a uh, little dog leg left, and I was trying to hit a draw, and I heel cut it into the right bunker, which is like not where you want to be. <laughs> um, I had a pompous bush like in front of the bunker, but I was trying to hit it over it. So I think I had 220. Pin, but I only had like 200 to the front of the green. And I was like, if I can hit a high six iron, I think I can get it to the front edge. And I pulled it into the left bunker, um, pretty long bunker shot over the ridge. And I remember telling my caddy, if I can just hit this 10 feet, 10 feet past it to the right, it's a dead straight putt. And I hit it right where I was talking about. And uh, I had the straightest putt on Pinehurst, but um, I made that putt. And, you know, you don't really, you don't really know um, how you putt under pressure until you get into that that kind of moment. And uh, I, I can't even explain like how your hands feel and um, how your stroke feels. But there's there's no way to really prep for that. And uh, luckily, I was able to just kind of go with it, and I made a lot of clutch putts coming in. 
gonna say you probably do all the practice in the world trying to get ready for that moment but then when you're right there it you know there's probably nothing you can do to, to actually <laughs> feel the moment itself but you certainly delivered uh clutch there and then a great par on the 17th the 35th hole yeah. to close out the match two and one now you know andy piner is certainly an iconic place the home of american golf you'd been going there you know since age eight you know what did it mean to win at pinehurst and, and how did you end up celebrating that night once you took home the Havemeyer. Yeah, Pinehurst is such a special place. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it kind of feels like the home of golf in America. It's, uh, there's so much history. And um, I'd never actually played Pinehurst number two until this year's AM. I remember um, playing some events, the U.S. Kids Junior World Championship when I was really young. And I think we played every single course but number two. And, uh, I can remember one year that they were redoing course number two um, for the U.S. Open when I was there. And my dad and I went out and walked around and we thought it was like the coolest thing. So to come back and win at Piners number two was very special. Um, I have pictures, eight years old, standing by the Payne Stewart statue trying to do the pose. And um, and now I have a picture holding the Havenmeyer doing the same thing. So it's it's really cool. Everything's come full circle. It absolutely has, and now you are the the defending U.S. Amateur Champion. But before that, you were just Andy Ogletree from Little Rock, Mississippi. And I know uh, watching the championship last year, you had some fun stories about growing up in that town. For folks that aren't familiar with Little Rock, Mississippi, how small is it, and, and what are what are some of your uh, your best stories about growing up in, in Little Rock? Yeah, it's uh, it's very small. That's. Um, not even considered a city it's considered unincorporated uh, we don't even have a post office there's no street lights um yeah it's it's county mail and uh, we have a gas a gas station that has a seafood buffet on friday nights so <laughs> yeah uh there's not a lot there how is that seafood buffet andy they're pretty good <laughs> yeah it's pretty good <laughs> That's awesome. How did you get started in the game in Little Rock? Who introduced you to it, and when did you swing your first club? Yeah, my dad grew up loving golf. He went to Ole Miss. He was going to play, and then hurt his back. And uh, But he's always been just a golf fan and got me a club when I was, gosh, two or three, I guess. We went to putt-putt at Orange Beach, Alabama when I was two or three, and he said I was making everything. And he was like, well, there might be something here. So... <laughs> He got me like a cut down seven iron and I hit it so much. He said I wore the face off of it. But um, I started playing tournaments when I was four. I think I played my first tournament when I was four. And then I went to Williamsburg, Virginia when I was six to play in the U.S. Kids World Championship. So, um, yeah, I've been, been playing a long time. Yeah, and Andy, you know, you, uh, you're you from Little Rock, Mississippi and, and Union there where your dad owns the, the Piggly Wiggly and uh, a small town. It's been really cool to bring that Havemeyer Trophy back there. But, you know, to go to Georgia Tech to play at a school with such a rich golf history, you know, Matt Kuchar and, uh, you know, look back at Bob Jones, who also, you know, both won the, the U.S. Amateur. You know, what was it like playing at Georgia Tech? And, and then where were you this spring when you heard the news that because of the COVID-19 pandemic, your college, your senior season in college was going to be cut short? Yeah, Georgia Tech has been great for me. Um, I would never go anywhere else if I could do it over again. Um, Coach Hepler's just 
been like a father figure to me. He's been a great coach and um, there's so much history at Georgia Tech. I mean, you have guys like Matt Kuchar, Bobby Jones, and then more recently we have, you know, there's a lot of really good tour players that are still around Atlanta. So we all kind of stay in touch and um, play a lot of golf together, push each other. And um, there's a very well-connected alumni association that uh, has given me, you know, opened a lot of doors for me. And um, yeah, Georgia Tech's been absolutely great. Um, I was at the Georgia Tech golf facility when I found out the news unfortunately that the season was going to be canceled um our assistant coach was there he actually caddied for me in the usm but he was there just hanging out with us and he got a phone call that said uh, all ncaa championships have been canceled for the spring and you know one could kind of infer from that that golf was going to be canceled for the rest of the year so um, we had a team meeting that night and everyone was just pretty devastated and uh I think our school got canceled like two days later. So, yeah, it was it was a tough time. Yeah, to lose out on your uh, you know your spring season right, for, as a senior is, is certainly very challenging. But you know, what was your plan for 2020 in the summer before the pandemic, and how did that you know kind of change change your decision uh, to remain amateur now uh, for the 2020 summer? Yeah, I planned on um, turning pro the week after. Um, the NCAA championship Memorial was going to be my first professional start. And then I was planning to get seven starts after that. Um, so, you know, I had a lot, I had a lot of golf coming up um, that included the U S open. I was going to turn pro for the U S open. And uh, because the USGA changed the rule this year to where the U S amateur champion can play in the U S open as a professional. Uh, thank you, Victor Hovland. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's a, uh, you know, you can't ever, you always kind of have to be able to roll with the punches and um, that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, now the plan is to stay amateur for the masters. I think uh, that's just such a special experience. Obviously I want to play it a lot as a professional, but to get to play it as an amateur is really cool and stay in the crow's nest and, you know, all the history of amateur golf, the masters, just to be a part of that. It's really cool. Well, you talk about rolling with the punches. You rolled through the rolled with the punches through Pinehurst number four and two. You certainly uh, made it through this very difficult year. And now uh, you talk about you've played on tour. Tour players coming out of Georgia Tech. And now you talk about those uh, those major exemptions: the U.S. Open at Wingfoot and the Masters tournament, of course, at Augusta National. What does that mean to you to be kind of gearing up for the U.S. Open, which is obviously now being played in September instead of that traditional Father's Day date? How amped up are you to get up to New York? Yeah, I can't wait. Um, never played the course, but I've heard a lot of great things. Um, you know, I watched, watched some highlights, trying to trying to see some stuff. But, um, you know, to get to play in majors is every kid's dream. And um, it's just another opportunity to go prove yourself. And um, I'm just going to look at it like, you know, there's just, just another tournament that you got to go you know, if nothing changes, whoever gets in the least amount of strokes wins. So uh, just got to go play my best. And uh, it's really cool to have these opportunities. You say you haven't played the course, but you've heard some things about it. What have you heard about Wingfoot? Uh, I've just heard, heard it's super old school, um, pretty narrow. Greens are very old school complex, which means uh, 
there's going to be you know certain spots in the greens kind of like piners number two it's just like different quadrants and you have to hit it in those quadrants or you're not going to be in you're not going to be able to you know be aggressive with a putt or a chip so um i think you kind of divide every green up into the pin locations pretty easily um they'll be where the slopes aren't aren't too much and um the rough will be deep and let's might see if we get some wind too so that'll be it'll be a good test it's uh long and long and fast but before you go to Wingfoot and and play with defending u.s open champion gary woodland before you go to augusta and play with tiger woods you're going to have the opportunity to defend your usam title andy at bandon dunes uh it's been a long time since someone has successfully done that that was tiger woods all the way back yeah 25 years ago 1996 have you been to bandon dunes and what are you most looking forward to about trying to defend your title out there i've never been to bandon dunes no um noah norton my teammate is from chico california he's been up there a good bit and said uh you know it's just really windy and it'll play kind of like link style golf so um i learned a lot at hoy lake uh, that was my first time playing overseas and um, learned a lot about playing in the wind and how to play the running shots and um you know it's i loved the part of punters you know putting it from around the greens and i think we'll see some more of that abandoned so um yeah i'm looking forward to defending my championship it's uh you know i feel like going in I, i've done it before and there's no one else in the field that's pulled that off so um definitely gives me some confidence going in and um, just get into match play and then take it one match at a time and see what happens. Yeah, certainly the conditions probably won't be uh, the same as Pinehurst. You had the mid-90s with uh, relatively calm winds down at Pinehurst. You go to Bandon Dunes, it'll probably be about 30 to 40 degrees cooler and winds blowing 30 miles an hour plus. How do you feel like that suits your game, uh, that, that kind of wind? It's probably more like what you faced in Liverpool for the Walker Cup in 2019. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, growing up in Mississippi, I never played in much wind. So um, I remember my fr- my freshman year, we went to Hawaii with Georgia Tech, and uh, I got over there, and it was blowing like 30 to 40, and <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. Um, I was trying to flight it just by, like, you know, hitting down on it and trying to hit it low. and. Coach Hepler pulls me aside. He's like, we got to get this figured out. So I've definitely learned a lot um, throughout college and especially going to places like Europe and with the Walker Cup, you know, learning from my teammates over there. And uh, I just feel like I've become more of an all-around player when it comes to playing in different conditions, whether that be, you know, I grew up playing Bermuda grass. So bent grass was a different task for me and um the northeast was a different task because the chipping around the greens and the rough is so different and uh, i just think uh that that comes with maturity and um kind of developing your game into an all-around player so i think uh you know if it comes down to flighted shots all week then so be it that's i think the course will kind of tell you what kind of shot you're gonna have to hit and uh, I'll, I'll feel comfortable with whatever it is. 
Yeah, you certainly have your game in order. And you talked about earlier not being able to really prepare for those big pressure putts, right? You can be on the putting green all you want and putting it in your head that this is for this is for all the marbles, this is for the trophy. But then when you get in that moment, it, it's tough to really prepare for it. And I would imagine it's going to be tough to prepare mentally to actually be the defending U.S. amateur champion at the U.S. Amateur, kind of with that target on your back, right? Not flying under the radar at all. How do you feel about that, and how are you preparing yourself mentally for that? Yeah, you know, um, I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> uh, to have the target on your back means you've done something. So, um, you know, I just have to look at it like I'm just here to win a golf tournament. It's not defending a championship. It's not um, – you know, trying to prove anything. It's just, I'm just trying to win another golf tournament. So it sounds like a championship mindset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's definitely cool to be defending, but I'm just looking forward to playing another golf tournament. And Andy, final question for me, you know, we know your, uh, your iron plays really good, but just curious about your jump shot. We heard you were playing some pickup hoops, uh, <laughs> this, this past fall and, and had a little bit of a thumb injury. Uh, so just curious how, how that's doing and if you feel like you're back to 100% right now. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, had some thumb issues over the off spring. Um, went to play basketball. We have a, a team that really likes to play basketball at Georgia Tech. And uh, we went to the um, campus recreational center. They have some courts up there. And we would go play pickup games and um, – I was like, all right, guys, I don't, I don't want to play a pickup game. Like, if one of us gets hurt, coach is going to kill us. Like, um, anyway, I ended up playing this pickup game. We were playing like half speed, and I went up for a rebound, and um, this guy got the rebound instead of me, and I went to poke it out of his hand, and he like ripped the ball, and it like caught my thumb just right, like freak accident. And, uh, so I tore some tendons and had a bone bruise and it took forever to heal. I felt like, um, but you know, um, can't live in a bubble and stuff like that could happen. Doing anything is what I tried to tell myself, but obviously it was pretty frustrating at the time because I wasn't able to work on my game in the off season, but, um, it feels back to normal now and, uh, we're, we're full at it. So. The jump shot's back. <laughs> <laughs> the jump shot's back. <laughs> well, we're, 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 we're happy that the jump shot's back, your thumb's feeling better, and we can't wait to see you out at Bandon Dunes as you try that title defense. So, Andy, thank you so much for taking time out of that very busy schedule we discussed to join us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. No problem. And thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. If you want to watch Andy's title defense at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort, turn into Golf Channel and Peacock for live championship coverage from August 12th through the 16th. That's five days of awesome match play coverage from one of the most beautiful golf destinations on the planet. So check your local listings for broadcast times in your area. If you can't wait until then, you can always relive Andy's big win at Pinehurst last year on the USGA's YouTube channel, as well as the USGA stream app on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire. So for my co-host Mike Trosel, I'm Dave Giancola, and we'll talk to you next time.